0: All right, we'll be in the book of 3rd John, 3rd John this evening. Trust you had a good prayer time, and I know we'll continue to pray for one another throughout the week, and uh, we will continue in our series on Bible characters, but we will be in the little book of 3rd John. Like the Minor Prophets, just because it is one chapter long or it's a small epistle, a small book, does not mean it is insignificant. Uh, It is still the Word of God and still has an important message for us that God wanted us to know, Uh, though it is a a smaller book. Sometimes we in our Bible reading and if you're following some sort of Bible reading plan, sometimes you kind of give a little cheer when you get to a small book of the Bible, right? In your Bible reading and you can say, I read an entire book of the Bible in one sitting in my devotion. Sometimes we're like that, right? We have a uh, we have a long chapter, or we have the the, the genealogies in uh, chronicles or something like that, and sometimes we we kind of labor our way through, and uh, sometimes uh, we we rejoice that maybe there 's a, a smaller or a shorter chapter or something like that. But this is such a tremendous epistle in our study on bible characters we 've been looking at the last several weeks uh, with a couple of weeks there uh, that we were gone. Uh, we, we did not, but we have been looking at companions in the ministry. And we are so thankful for companions in the, in the church, for faithful friends in in our church, in our ministries. It is such a blessing. It is such a wonderful thing to have faithful friends. And uh, I, I called up Pastor Arrowwood today about something and just... Uh, being able to, to call him and, and run something by him uh, just needing some advice and some counsel about something and I'm thankful for a friend in the ministry a mentor uh, like that who I can send a text and say hey do you have a few minutes and five minutes later my phone's ringing and, and uh, we have a, a great conversation it's a ple- it's such a pleasure and a blessing to serve together like we did on Saturday I talk about sometimes our music team um, Port of Drew sometimes up there. He gets kind of lonely up in the crow's nest. Um, but uh, he does have others who assist in that uh, ministry. But just so many ways in which God gives us faithful friends and companions in the ministry. The Apostle Paul had several. He would often list them, as we looked at in Colossians 4 and 2 Timothy 4. But we're also going to look at John, the Apostle John. And this is the third epistle. A short epistle, a short letter, a short book, 14 verses. And this will be a little bit of a subseries within our series on Bible characters. As we look at 3 John, we're going to be looking at three individuals in particular. Gaius, and then eventually Diotrephes, and Demetrius. We'll begin with Gaius. In verse number 1 of 3 John, we read the elder. The elder is John. Often he's referred to. Uh, or he refers to himself, such as in his gospel, as the disciple whom Jesus loved. But he uses elder here, probably a reference to his experience, a reference possibly to uh, his uh, stature or his age. But he is writing, and we'll see that one of the reasons he is writing with this particular title is because he has to speak very authoritatively about a rebel in the church, a man who loves power and is trying to run the church, and he is known as Diotrephes. He is named uh, later in this epistle. So I believe that's one of the reasons why John is using elder instead of servant or uh, something along that line, because he is having to write authoritatively about this individual and how to deal with him. But John is the elder, and there's clear indication from 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John that all of those epistles were written by the Apostle John. And he writes unto the well-beloved, verse number 1, the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. So we see, first of all, that he is... A man who is obviously involved in a church. We're not even exactly sure which church. But we do see uh, the word church mentioned later down in verse number 6. Gaius is clearly involved in the church. As a matter of fact, we'll see where Gaius is instrumental as a faithful, strong, veteran, a man of character and integrity... Who loves God, who loves the church, who loves the brethren. He is the one that John is specifically going to address because there's this Diotrephes, and I keep saying Paul, John. John is having to deal with Diotrephes from afar, and he is going to have Gaius in that church probably dealing with Diotrephes in a very personal, face-to-face kind of way. So we're not given all the details of that conflict and that confrontation, but it does appear that Gaius is the one that John is appealing to and encouraging to take a stand against this Diotrephes, who is literally involved in removing people from the church or preventing itinerant preachers Evangelists, missionaries, uh, we're not even sure who the, the pastor is. Maybe it's Demetrius, but it appears that Demetrius may have been an evangelist or an itinerant preacher, but it, it's possible that Demetrius was serving as the pastor, at least in an interim status. And Gaius is going to be the individual that John is really going to encourage here. But there's something that we need to know, or a few things we need to know about this man as we identify him here in uh, the beginning part of this epistle he was loved by John, verse number one, and he is referenced three other times as beloved or four times if you include well beloved in verse one, but in verse two, beloved, verse five, beloved again, and then verse eleven we see beloved. this man, Gaius, was loved by John this Man, Gaius, they had a special relationship. It's from what we understand, we we only have so much knowledge of the first century church from uh, church writings, and Gaius was a fairly common name uh, in that day, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly who this individual was and what church, but more than likely, since we know John was exiled to the island of Patmos off of Turkey... It's likely that this Gaius was involved in a church there in western Turkey or Roman Asia. And apparently John had been involved in that church. And had gotten to know Gaius and had loved, had, had had come to love Gaius. I like what John Barr said, I think it was on Sunday, and he talked about there are some people in the ministry that you like. And then there's all the people that you love. Some people you love because... We're commanded to, and there's a choice that's a little bit harder to make, but we love them, even though they may be somewhat antagonistic or difficult to work with. But then there's those people that you like, that are really just, you just get along with, just have a special bond, and it seems that's the way with John and Gaius. They had a special bond. Gaius was a faithful friend, and he is... Well, beloved. He is beloved. He is loved by John. And again, there are people like that in our lives that we're thankful for, aren't we? Uh, Obviously, our our spouse is our best friend, the one that we love in a unique way in in a a married relationship, in a covenant relationship. But aren't we thankful for good, godly, faithful friends who we love that are just those people who, again, you call them up, you send them a text, or They're just people that you you know you can call that are going to be there that are just uh, kind of a kindred spirit, so to speak. And that seems to be the relationship that John had with Gaius. Now, verse number two is interesting. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Okay, so he apparently is very spiritually prosperous. He has a very vibrant, close walk with the Lord. It's very evident. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of grace. He's a man of faith. This is a man of good character who loves the church, who loves the brethren, who's a giving man. And yet it seems that John is at least making some sort of reference to a health issue maybe he's saying i wish that your health was as prosperous as your spiritual life your physical health he's saying i wish that your physical health may your physical health be as strong and as vibrant and as healthy as your spiritual life so it appears that gaius may have had some physical difficulties may have had some health issues and John is saying, oh, that your physical health would match your spiritual health. He is a spiritually strong, vibrant, healthy, prosperous man. And John is saying that I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Is there a financial issue? It's not 100%, we're not 100% sure. It's, it's kind of difficult. We don't want to read too much into it but above all things that thou mayest prosper, could that be a reference to the coming confrontation of Gaius and Diatrophes? Is it possible that uh, there is a coming confrontation here that Paul, I keep wanting to say Paul, John, uh, that John is saying, I want you to prosper in the church in having to deal with the Diatrophes. I think John even Uh, is indicating that uh, he wants to come, verse 14, but I trust I shall shortly see thee. So he may not have been under house arrest, island arrest (laughs) on Patmos, but then again, he may have been expecting a release. So he's wanting to come, verse 14, so even he maybe is expecting to eventually have to possibly deal with the diatrophies, but he has Gaius, who's a strong man, a man of integrity, and he is desiring that he prosper. Could it be a material prosperity? Could be. He definitely wants his health to be as his soul is prospering. It could be that there's a financial setback, a, an issue with uh, his finances, his material possessions that he's hoping will be better, will increase. We know that he's a giving man. We see further, further down, as I put the, the, the statements up on the, the screen, we see further down that thou doest faithfully, verse 5, and thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his namesake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth." So it seems that Gaius is a a giver. He's a charitable person. There's that word charity, love. But it's the idea of a sacrificial love, a giving love. Gaius is a giving person. So is John writing about his material prosperity to increase so that he can be a greater giver? Is he saying, I want you to have prosperity in this potential conflict with Diotrephes? this prosperity that is needed in the church. Uh, Again, I think that without getting or reading too much into it, uh, I think that John is obviously making a statement regarding his spiritual life, his spiritual health, that something that we can apply. Wouldn't it be great that we had a desire for a greater spiritual prosperity than a material or a physical prosperity? Sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on a material prosperity. We put a lot, a lot of emphasis on a physical prosperity. And yes, we want to have good health. We want to take care of our health. And yes, we want to be able to meet our financial needs. But what did the Apostle Paul say? He said, in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. He had a thorn in the flesh, and he thanked God that the, the Lord taught him through that, that God's grace was sufficient. And we see that though our outward man may perish, our inward man is to be renewed day by day, so even though our physical health may fail, and i I heard someone say one time it''s it's, it's not so bad getting older. Uh, the problem is getting old it's not so bad getting those years getting older. the problem is getting old, right and uh, we don't have the the vibrancy, the energy we don 't have the health we we, we, we can't uh, go out i mean I was, I was out here shooting a layup on Saturday, and uh, it's sad that I'm sore the next day. It's sad that I run around out here for a few minutes kicking a basketball, which we're pretending to be a soccer ball, and my legs are sore the next day. It's like, what happened to me? And uh, how come I don't recover quite the way I used to? We, We know that our physical vitality is not the same. No matter how much we try, no matter what we do, our outward man is perishing. It's uh, there's no cure for old age, right? There just isn't. It's just eventually uh, we, we are all going to, uh, to go to be with the Lord. Uh, we hope it's by rapture, by resurrection, by rapture uh, before uh, the, the physical resurrection of our, of our bodies. Uh, but we know that our physical vitality, it dissipates. It goes away. And here's John writing to Gaius. And he says, I wish that your physical health and, again, possibly his material health as well, he's referring to his prosperity, match his spiritual prosperity. Gaius was focused on the eternal. Gaius was growing in his spiritual life. Gaius had a strong, vibrant relationship with the Lord, and it showed. It showed in his love for the brethren, his love for the church, his service, his giving, He was a man who loved God and loved God's people and was faithful and giving. And John was saying, if if you're physical and you're you're financial or or, uh, even in the, the case of having to deal with the diatrophies, may God give you the strength to deal with him, if that's what he's referring to. But the point is that he was a man who had great spiritual health, and may that be our focus. May we have more of a priority on our spiritual health, though we want to take care of our bodies, that we want to make sure our financial needs are met. May we have the priority of a gaius on our spiritual life and our relationship with the Lord. This brought great joy to John. Verse number four, notice the phrase here, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The end of verse number three, even as thou walkest in the truth. What is John emphasizing? The truth. And again, we use verse four quite regularly. Gaius may have been a son in the faith, having been led to the Lord by John. There even seems to be an implication to that, that he was one of his spiritual children. And isn't it a great joy as a parent, as a grandparent, to see our children, our grandchildren walking in the truth? That is a great joy. And uh, we still have a long ways to go as, as parents, but there is a tremendous joy when we hear uh, good things about uh, our kids. I mean, it, it, it is a delight to our hearts, and uh, you've all experienced that, that same thing. And you know how it touches your heart and you say, but by the grace of God, it's only because of him. It's not because of anything that I've done because I know who I am and I know how much I failed as a father and uh, as a husband. But we're thankful for God's grace in our children's lives and when they walk in truth. But we see John, Gaius may have been a spiritual child, but Gaius walked in the truth and their friendship, their spiritual bond was in accordance with the truth. Now, can I make a little bit of an application here? I don't want to get too much uh, carried away here. But don't we sometimes lose friendships because of adherence to the truth? It hurts, doesn't it? Sometimes we have to make a a stand. We have to follow a biblical conviction. And we have to say, I love you in the Lord. Or we, we, we compassionately, as caringly as we can possibly say it, we, we, we say, I, I, I can't go there. I can't do that. I'm under conviction about this. My conscience, what God has taught me from his word. And there have been times where we lose a friendship because of our adherence to biblical principle. And oftentimes we do it with prayer. We do it with tears. We do it with fasting. We do it after several meetings, several times of talking, after great counsel. Oftentimes that's. When we finally have to say, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't make that kind of decision. I have to stay by this principle. I have to follow this command of God. I have to adhere to this conviction. And sometimes that does end up in a change of friendship or fellowship. John and Gaius had a relationship with God according to the truth. That bonded them together. And that's something that I, I just wanted to highlight about their relationship. Their relationship, yes, I mean, I, you know, I love, I love Brother Jerry, but he hits me hard when he talks about the Cubs sweeping the Giants today. And he just takes a little dagger and sticks it into my gut and twists it a little bit. After I already had a Facebook friend who messaged me this afternoon and teased me about the Giants getting swept by the Cubs. No, our fr- if, if my friendship with Jerry was based on baseball, then woe is me. I wouldn't have very many friends because the Giants have lost to too many teams too often. But our, our, if our friendships are based on, I mean, what, what, I, was, I was dealing with a, a drug addict. Um, I got a call because my phone number is on the church website, and this happens from time to time. I get a call, random call, and it's somebody in, I think, Fort Wayne, and they have a friend who is strung out on drugs here in Lafayette, and they wanted me to reach out to him. So I got a phone number, and I began to text this man. I have no idea uh, where he's at, or then he's on the streets, and he's, he's on drugs, and he begins to answer me, and I'm trying to set up a meeting with him. I'm, I'm not going to give the shirt off my back or the money of the church or go to the deacons for help if i have not met with this man if i have not had an eye to eye conversation and kind of figured out where he's at and you know all the different scams and tricks and everything okay well he will not agree to meet with me i find out that he supposedly got a job at a certain restaurant and i made appeal after appeal after appeal to meet with him at this restaurant he wouldn't do it and then he starts giving me in this long text about how all these churches and all these Christians, they have abandoned him. And I, and I, 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 listened, you know, I read the text, and I, I finally I said, okay, I don't know this guy, but I'm going to just shoot it straight with him. And I sent him a text back, and I said, I'm reaching out to you. You have a good friend who has called me, who you know is a believer, who has reached out to you and helped you in the past. He cared enough about you to call me and you will not agree to meet with me, and where are your friends who were doing drugs with you? Why don't they help you? And I just told him straight up, and I said, if they are the kinds of friends that you claim are so loyal and so good, then where are they? All of a sudden, his tune changed. The rest of the text messages were very different. Now, he still wouldn't agree to meet with me. I have no idea what happened to him. But we have a lot of people whose friendships are based on money. Don't we see it in politics right now in the news? I'll scratch your back. If you scratch mine, I'll put so much money into your bank account, depending on who's your last name, and I'll call up my daddy. Sorry, I'm getting into politics now. But we know how it works, right? Some of you work in the corporate world or in jobs where it's about who can do whose favor behind whose back to get and they're undercutting and bending the rules. And all their friendships are based on who can do what, and often there's money, often there's immorality, and other things that are involved, and what happens when all that stuff goes away? What happens when somebody ends up in prison, somebody ends up getting prosecuted? Sometimes we see people bailing out like rats off of a sinking ship, right? What was John's friendship with Gaius like? According to the truth what drew john even more closer and gaius more closer to or however that I'm not saying it grammatically correct probably what drew them closer together the truth the word of god that's one of the joys of being in the ministry and going to and being in different ministries there's a bond that we have in christ in the gospel and as we love one another and serve together and grow together our bond together knits our hearts together and gaius and john had that and it was because of their faithfulness to the truth to the word of god that is a special thing we aren't tied together in some suicide attempt like on 9 11 which we will memorialize on monday what tied those terrorists together murder suicide suicide False teaching regarding some sort of paradise in the sky? That's what tied them together to commit such a murderous terrorist attack? Is that the bond that we have? Murder and mayhem? In the slaughter of innocent lives? No. We have the truth of the word of God. We have the bond that we have in Christ, at being in Christ, and there is a truth. There is the truth, the faith, That unites us and binds us together. And John and Gaius had that kind of relationship. It was according to the truth. And it brought great joy to John's heart. Almost out of time here, but we'll just touch on these few things. We see down in verses 5 and 6, we see his love, his giving, his support for the brethren. We read through those verses. There's a mention of Demetrius. And that's down in verse 12. And Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record, and you know that our record is true. So it appears that Demetrius either was the pastor or an itinerant preacher. Apparently he and Diotrephes maybe had a conflict, and Diotrephes is trying to either run Demetrius out of the church or keep him from serving there. We know that uh, um, excuse me that Gaius is helping Demetrius and supporting Demetrius, and wants Demetrius to minister. He obviously has this special relationship with john so john is mentioning this faithful giving this love and support that gaius is involved in and notice in verse number seven as he's saying all this he says because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the gentiles he says we're not we're not seeking maybe this is what Diotrophes is doing In his running people out of the church and preventing Demetrius from serving, from ministering. Maybe Diotrephes is trying to incorporate some sort of fundraising scheme that involves the unsaved. Maybe that's part of why John brings that up here. But notice what he says. He says, they took nothing of the Gentiles. We are not, as a local church and in support of our missionaries, seeking the financial help of the unsaved. We're not doing it. I, we've, we've talked about this before, and I'll run out of time here. This will be uh, where we'll have to conclude tonight. But you know how it is with some of the Catholic, the parishes and the neighborhoods. I grew up near St. Gabriel, 34th Street, 34th in High School. And uh, we, we've often joked about this, but, and you'll see them on billboards sometimes where the, the Catholic churches will have a two- or three-day, I don't know what to call it, carnival, festival. And St. Gabriel would do this near where I grew up, and they'd have this big festival. And they would have two or three days, and they would send out flyers, and they would invite people to come in, and they would give out free food tickets to the people who lived in the neighborhood to get them to come and also to apologize for all the traffic that was going to be coming to the neighborhood. And we had a friend who went, uh, who lived in the neighborhood, and she said there was a beer tent and there was a gambling tent, and there was a bingo tent and what what are what are they doing i i I'm, I, I know that i 'm uh, speaking very negatively about the Catholic Church, but I, I have to use this as an illustration because where are they getting their support and their money from they 're going to the unsaved and they 're using worldly means beer gambling, bingo <laughs> plus I mean, they're, they're raising money off of the unsaved. There's a principle of support. We won't have time. We'll have to come back and look at it next week. But in looking at the principles of ministry giving, we'll see that the church is to support the ministry, the giving of God's people. I'm so thankful for our church and the missionaries we support and Silent Word that we had the conference for and ways in which our church Faithfully supports the ministry. We're not going out doing fundraisers. We're not going out and having a raffle trying to raise support for the ministries that God has called us to support. We depend upon God's people. And we see that with Gaius and his support of the church there and the the giving to the ministry. We'll come back and review this, Lord willing, next week and then continue uh, with this study. But I hope this has been a help and encouragement to us tonight. And thank you again for your faithfulness, for being here. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for these principles. Help us to live by them. Thank you for Agaius, who is such a good example of a faithful brother who loved and gave and served and stayed in, in, in the word of God and lived according to the truth. And John and Gaius had a special bond. And, Lord, you put this in holy writ for us. That, Lord, we might have the same kind of friendships according to the truth, and that we might have the same kind of principled living, even if we have to uh, deal with some of the uh, resistance. Uh, Lord, we, we ask and pray that there never be a Diotrephes here, uh, but, Lord, we know that there are some churches that have to deal with them. And we thank you, Lord, for the uh, Word of God and the testimony of a Gaius and a John uh, and how to deal with... Uh, that We thank you for Demetrius. Thank you for John, for Gaius, and their examples. Pray you guide and direct in the rest of our week. Pray for your blessings in our lives. May we serve you faithfully in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the week. And uh, some of you will see you on the greens on Saturday. Alright.